0: Welcome to Above the Horizontal, a podcast about rugby league. I'm your host, Bo Nicholson. A big shout out to our listeners in Melbourne and Brisbane. Congrats on your victories in the NRL and NRLW Grand Finals on the weekend. And of course, to our best friend of the podcast, Owen. Also a cheeky little shout out to Tara Morrissey, who amongst all of our listeners was one of the only ones that tipped that the Storm would actually win uh, and was the closest in the margin. So well done to you as well, Tara. For this exciting episode, I'm joined by Kieran Gibson and Miles Stedman, who I'm told enjoyed the events of Sunday at different levels of inebriation. As we look back at the games <laughs> on the, as we look back at the games of the weekend, and look ahead to State of Origin, which is only just around the corner. But before we do that, let's get into our bold predictions for the NRL Grand Final that just happened this past Sunday. My bold prediction was that the lead will change five times. Uh, unfortunately it could not have happened less times. Uh, as I was saying to the guys off air, uh, I was actually quite hopeful, uh, when the storm crossed first, because I thought, well, the lead changes five times. That means that I'm correct if the Panthers win, but they just kept scoring. So I guess that, <laughs> that made me incorrect with mine. Miles, uh, I quite liked your prediction. It was that Cameron Smith, when he is on the podium on uh, either the winners or losers, dais as it were he will announce his retirement in front of the country but it was not forthcoming
1: no it wasn't um cameron smith is a smart guy though and i, I think that he almost pretended to announce his retirement a few times he kind of mm. stopped and started right at the end a bit and and he he dropped in uh, just one more thing a fair bit and i thought it might have been coming but uh he, he then went on about his uh about something else so Um, A nice little dick tease on several occasions from Cameron Smith, but no retirement forthcoming just yet.
0: It's interesting that you refer to that as a dick tease. I I will not yuck another man's yum, though, so uh, good on you (laughs) for finding that arousing. Uh, It was actually very, very tense, uh, and I agree with you. I noticed that he said one last thing about three or four times, so uh, that (laughs) that was good. Kieran, your bold prediction... Uh, may have actually come to fruition. It was a little bit convoluted. Nathan Cleary will have the most kick meters, Pappenhausen the most running meters, and the Storm will win by six points or less. Now, the Storm did win by six points. What about the other two?
2: Um, Well, unfortunately for me, the stat makers weren't quite as lubricated as I was, and they uh, were able to (laughs) correctly... um, give an account of the kicking meters of Nathan Cleary. He kicks for something like 245 and I think Jerome Hughes got 275 so I lost Ooh. there but yeah yeah so um, Pappenhausen did have the most running meters and as you said the Storm won by
0: six points so I got two out of three but it's a miss for me this week. As Meatloaf said two out of three ain't bad but Uh, unfortunately it's, it's about as close as we've gotten to a correct answer at this occasion. So, uh, well done to you, but none of us were correct. Let's see how we go later on in the episode, as we discuss bold selections for state of origin one, which is about a wiki way as, as we record, let's jump into the above the horizontal awards for the 2020 grand finals. This could be the NRL or the NRLW and we'll start with the MVP and we've all chosen award for each category this week because it's the Grand Finals. I'll start off with MVP, because ladies first. I've gone with Ali Brigginshaw, <laughs> uh, mm. playing at lock in the number seven jersey. When a statement needed to be made, she was there taking the line on, putting beautiful passes, or leading the line speed in defense to make good contact. Brigginshaw was uh, recently the winner at the Dallium for best female player in the NRLW, and she showed why on the weekend, I thought, even though she didn't get the Karen Murphy medal, uh, I thought she was the best on ground. Miles, who was your MVP for the weekend?
1: Well, mine does go to one of the men, and it's, um, look, uh, I think halfway through the year, Ryan Pappenhausen was playing well, but hes I think he's improved out of sight since that game. He, he's almost been getting better game to game, and in the grand final, I think you could actually see him improving during the game. Um, uh, to make a, a super retro sports analogy he's a he's a bit like Ian Thorpe to me he, he starts in the blocks like everybody else but he just about each and every game he, he seems to be the best player at the end of it he's in game level very rarely drops and it certainly didn't on Sunday night and he's my MVP
0: he was the MVP uh, according to the Australian selectors as well winning the Clive Churchill medal Kieran that's a that's a pretty good choice uh, who was your MVP Uh, I have to go go with the same player who has
2: well and truly forced his way into my top five fullbacks in the league on this performance on the big stage. Um, His bat back into the field was a huge turning point with the Panthers wrestling back momentum. And um, with the game ultimately decided by six points, I thought it was really pivotal and almost a flawless performance by the number one for the Storm.
0: And a heck of a try, too, just quietly. Uh, I'm not sure if that's anyone's best moment, but we'll come to that very shortly. Let's jump into the Unsung Hero Award. I've gone with Queensland front rower Christian Welch, uh, a tireless workhorse who made, I think it was 42 tackles the other night, to shut out the Panthers at every opportunity, which all but secures his Maroons jersey for Game 1, all bar perhaps some Wayne Bennett surprises. Kieran, who is your Unsung Hero? Uh, I went two-pronged. Um,
2: if I did have to pick one, I would actually probably pick Suliasi vunavalo out of the two, but I went Nelson Asofa solomona and Suliasi Vunavalu, who were both phenomenal. Solomona was a colossus from the get-go in both attack and defence, and Vunavalu was safe and calculated, which is a bit unlike him, and then he also still produced some class moments like the intercept
0: try. Yeah, that was a huge play, uh, jumping up. It seemed like he jumped about three metres in the air to intercept that ball, too, with a with a one-man overlap, so a big moment in the game. Miles, who is your unsung hero?
1: Uh, well, I thought that Cameron Smith was just about every chance to capture his uh, elusive Clive Churchill medal by halftime, but obviously in the second half, Pappenhausen sort of left him for dead, like he did Nathan Cleary, actually, but uh, Smith is, is still <laughs> my unsung hero of the game, despite... I think everyone recognising how big an influence he he was in that Storm team and and continues to be.
0: You can really see it when the momentum was turning the Panthers way. He was the one that really brought the team in and just had those one-out rucks, really trying to complete their sets. Uh, I think a, a fine choice and a good game from Cameron Smith as well. I wouldn't have been surprised to see him get the Clive Churchill medal, even though, as you say, Pappenhausen was amazing. Let's go to best moment. I've got maybe a little bit of a, a left field one here. I've gone with James Tarmow's speech. Call me old-fashioned, but I love seeing an elder statesman stand up straight, give credit to everyone that was due, be gracious in victory or defeat, uh, defeat in this case, and give encouragement to their younger teammates. It was a consummate speech, which surprised me somewhat, to be honest, coming from James Tarmow. Uh, and it made me think that the Tigers may have got themselves... Uh, the perfect front rower for their side. So that was my best moment, James Tumo's speech. Miles, what was yours?
1: Well, made it. I'm so glad you said that. Uh, and I do think I agree with you that we're um, potentially missing a little bit of humility in the players that we're bringing up these days. But nonetheless, it, it dovetails perfectly into my best moment, uh, another dying art, which is the swan dive. And so obviously, Silly Ivanovalo's effort absolutely caught my attention. I I love a, a nice swan dive at the end of a try and he's run <laughs> running the lead up to the try. Uh, it wasn't bad too, but it showed how, just how hard he'll be to replace next year on the wing for the Storm.
0: It's something that we haven't really spoken about is that they're losing Adoka and Vilna uh, So something that's to talk about in the off season is how the Storm managed that, but they, they seem to always manage and he will fit right in in rugby union with a swan dive like that. I think you'll find a uh, best moment from you, Kieran. I've got every Brandon Smith
2: video or picture after the storm and their grand final win.
1: From asking, yes.
2: <laughs> from asking a teammate to be gentle with the baby trophy and gently patting it, to a dig at James Hooper who published 25 reasons to hate the Storm, Brandon Smith naming their fourth premiership a 26th reason. It was all great value from a valuable entertainer and player of our game.
0: <laughs> did you did, did he announce himself as like the champion cheese or something?
2: Oh, Did you see that I one? I didn't. Uh, I I was yeah. As I said, I was quite drunk, so no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think was drunker, um, cheese or or yourself, Kieran?
2: Uh, well, I actually went home straight after the game. I was that bad,
0: um, so I'd probably say Cheese had a few more than me in the end. <laughs> Mate, even before he got drunk, he was swearing on national tele on live television with Brad Fittler talking about how he needs to sell the ring to pay for all the grog he's going to be drinking tonight. Like, he was he was in fine form. Let's let's go to the worst moment. I, I thought it was a pretty obvious one. Uh, the bunker job to get the Panthers on the board it was a pretty ordinary call uh and frankly I think it's quite lucky that the Panthers didn't go on to win the game because if it did it would have been controversy city a la last year with the Raiders and the Roosters so uh yeah that bunker decision was was baffling to me Kieran what was your worst moment
2: Well, mine kind of touches on that, but sort of in an opposite direction. I have worse moments, and it was Gus Gould's predictable bias, or as he calls it, honesty, in the wake of yet another (laughs) supposed controversial refereeing display. I could pay one or two decisions, that one that you mentioned there, that he may have thought were incorrect. Or, sorry, that was correct, and he probably loved it um, and thought it was the right call. Um, (laughs) However... The loss was on the Panthers rather than the men in green and I can I can just hear Gus now saying my five year plan would nearly have come
0: to fruition only a few years late had it not been for the men in green. One thing I found uh super interesting was he'd talk about how successfully the Panthers were targeting Jerome Hughes as Viliana Kickau is dropping the ball, and you're like, Well, it's not <laughs> working. Like you know, something is not going right. Miles, what was your worst moment?
1: Well, I, I wanted to just as we do each week, I wanted to pick a one of these awards from outside the lanes of the grand final. So that's what I've done with my worst moment. And I think it's always somewhat of a shame to see a young man like Carl Flanagan have a, a poor experience like he did this year at the Roosters. Um, mm. He may have almost won the, the point scoring title, but I think if, we, if we're being honest, he, he didn't have a great year, or at least not up to the Roosters standards or or probably not to the... Um, to the projected standards that he he hit last year at the Sharks, uh, he's found a new home. Unfortunately for him, uh, unlike so many other players who are released each year, but I think watching a high-profile failure and and subsequent rejection like Flanagan's this year is always it is always upsetting to see. So let's hope that he it's the making of him rather than uh, a scarring experience like it has been for some players.
0: I think back uh, to the mid two thousands. We saw a whole bunch of uh, very promising halfbacks have really good rookie years, and we talk about guys like Tim Smith from the Eels, or, or Chris Sandow uh, when he was playing uh, in two thousand and eight, or even uh, Brett Furman. That's a bit of a throwback, the St George Illawarra wow. Dragons. Um, but they sort of all faded off into various levels of obscurity, didn't they? Uh, it wasn't. Uh, I mean, Brett Furman played in the grand final uh, for the Cowboys, I believe, in two thousand and five. But uh, yeah. yeah, it was it was it, it's very tricky for a halfback to convert that initial furor around them. Clearly, seems to be doing it, but it'll be interesting to see what happens for Kyle Flanagan. I do agree with you. That was that was sad to see, guys. Let's talk about uh, the, one of our favorite awards from when we used to analyze old classic matches: the turning point, the game, the time that it turned. Uh, in the favor of the team, most likely, that went on to win. So uh, it's pretty hard to pick one of these, I guess. But mine was that when Brent Naden was sat for Tyrone May, I thought that was a turning point. Tyrone May conceded the opening try via a penalty try. That was probably unfortunate. Uh, It was a correct ruling, but anyone would have done the same thing, I think. But he didn't offer a lot to the Panthers in their endeavors to shut the Storm left edge down. Uh, Justin Olam had a great game. Uh, Pappenhausen scores down that left side as well. And that was the reason why May was in there. It was a defensive move because Nathan's an excellent attacking right center. He was there to do a job. He didn't manage to get it done. Ivan got that one wrong. He overthought the situation, which is a key mistake heading into grand finals. The best coaches talk about keeping it simple, sticking to what is working for the most part, and managing personalities and fatigue levels, not making changes to a winning side like Brent Naden for Tyrone May. So I think that's a big error and a turning point in the match uh, before even kickoff was had. Kieran, what is your turning point? Um, I have Ryan
2: Pappenhausen's tap back to prevent the Panthers from marching down to the 20-meter line. And the Panthers, with all the momentum at the time, I, I believe the score was either 26-10 or, or 26-16 at the time, Um and yeah, like I said, I thought the Panthers had all the momentum. It was a it was a play you rarely see, and he had to sprint full tilt to get there to even have a chance. Um, and I think he kind of probably realised the the momentous how big the moment was. Sorry, um, given that the Panthers were really coming for them. Uh, so I thought that that was the turning point.
0: I think it was certainly the point he secured the club total medal. That was that yeah. was a huge moment, a grand final moment. Miles, what was your turning point?
1: Well, like yours, Bo, mine is uh, applicable on a number of levels, and I think everything about that Vitavalu try seemed to take the pants out of the game. Uh, obviously, the missed tackles and the fact that about um, maybe three Penrith players were within touching distance of him for most of the run, and and then to cap it off, as we've we've spoken about, I've I've always said that uh, just psychologically, uh, a big celebration at the end of a try can some sometimes subconsciously diffuse. or or demoralize your opposition. And I think we sort of saw that on this occasion. And obviously you can't put it all down to that celebration, but I think uh, everything about that Vunavalo try seemed to really take the Panthers out of it.
0: I think it was also a real sign that uh, Cleary, while he has played half a dozen Origins or something like that, he is still a, what, 22-year-old? And that big, long pass was not the right play. It, It just was not the right play. And a more experienced half in that situation, chasing points, would have thought, play short, play short, wet weather, get repeat sets, drain the opposition, don't keep chasing the points. Uh, and unfortunately, he, he fell into that trap there. So uh, that was that was a key moment of experience, I thought, from the Panthers. Let's jump into the Wildcard Awards, our favorite week-to-week. I've gone with the Donut King Award for Sweetest Donuts. And it goes to the city of Melbourne. After Richmond won the AFL and the Storm won the NRL, the city was able to report they had zero new COVID-19 cases for consecutive days earlier this week, which they have dubbed Donut Day. This means it's been a really (laughs) tremendous few days for Australia's self-anointed sporting capital. So the the, the Donut King Award for Swedish Donuts goes to the city of Melbourne. Miles, what's your wildcard award this week?
1: Well, I, I think um, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Storm train in Richmond too, don't they? So, sort of the same, same suburb winning two titles in one week. But um, I, I digress. Uh, I've I've handed out the running of the Bulls award for taking your life into your own hands, and I'm giving it to Andrew Abdo, who has revealed that he's going to have a uh, quote chat unquote with Cameron Smith about the Storm captain's comments regarding the referees. Um, Many NRL chief executive officers have tried and failed to pull Smith's <laughs> gamesmanship into line, and it seems that all of them have kind of come out of the game with uh, their reputations not quite intact. So let's hope this isn't a kiss of death for Abdo, and he goes on to have a fantastic career at the top of our game.
0: <laughs> here's, here's to that uh, a final award. Thank you, Miles. Kieran, what's your wildcard award this week?
2: Um, usually I would go with something a little humorous award but this week I've I've also gone for a, a bit of a kind of touching story um, I've got the Chris Scott and Gavin, Gavin Cooper for classy grand final gestures which goes to the entire storm team Scott and Cooper have in recent years come up with classy gestures in, and speeches in the wake of both victory and defeat in finals matches um, from Chris Scott immediately after beating Collingwood two weeks ago asking Penderbury if they needed to clap off any retiring players in Gavin Cooper's classy speech post grand final loss to the Storm in 2017, the entire Storm side learned a hymn for the Fijian Suliasi Vunivalu as he departs from the Storm to join the Queensland Reds.
0: Yeah, that was actually a really touching moment. I, like, he, well, like that moment, but also when he was just like so overwhelmed with emotion and he was just laying on the ground and Nelson and Sofa Solomona. Was just like bear hugging him on the ground for like it felt like five minutes. They they went back to them a number of times. Uh, There was a a lot of emotion there for Vunavalu and it's I don't know. Sometimes it's hard to hate the storm, isn't it? Like I quite I quite like them. I gotta admit, guys. Thank you so much for the awards. Let's jump into we're 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 winding up. It's it's time for State of Origin. Uh, it's it's finally here uh, after after months and months of speculation and and watching Queensland's finest players just drop like flies. Uh, so we, we come we come to uh, all both uh, twenty seven man sides have been named for New South Wales and for Queensland. And what I thought, guys, is we would go through each team uh, by positions uh, just to just to see what our thoughts are about uh, each segment of each squad so we'll start off with the new south wales backs that they have chosen it's a mixture of experience and some fresh faces which was which is nice to see okay so the new south wales backs are james tedesco of course uh, who seems like he's going to be fit in time for game one ryan pappenhausen the clive churchill medalist and eels captain clint gutherson They've got uh, Nick Kotrick, the Bulldogs recruit, Daniel Tupo after one of his best years in a number of years, and Josh Adokar, a grand final winning winger, with rookies Zach Lomax from the Dragons and Stephen Crichton from the Panthers. I've left Jack Whiten out of that because he plays week in, week out as a half, so I'll, I'll list him in that little section. Guys, what are our thoughts about the New South Wales backs? I'm going to start with the New South Welshman. Miles. Uh, anyone that really sticks out to you there or, or any unlucky people that might have missed out?
1: Well, I like that Brad Fittler usually seems to get it right with his rookies and he's had, obviously, plenty to choose from this year. So I'm going to put my faith in his back selections when previously I haven't. But that said, uh, we know how much Freddie likes a sexy young talent. So... I think it's a bit of a shame to see specialist wings such as Alex Johnston and David Nofaluma miss out because um, uh, perhaps maybe they're a little bit more advanced in age than some of the younger selections like Crichton and like jo- uh, sorry Lomax. So uh, I think especially given AJ and Nofaluma have, have a lot more runs on the board in terms of proven success, so I think it is a shame to see them miss out.
0: Yeah, I thought, I thought both of those were very unlucky, particularly Norfolk Luma. He had a really tremendous year, and I thought Stephen Crichton may have, in the last couple of weeks, played himself out of a Blues jersey because come the big moments uh, in the preliminary finals and the grand finals, not only did he go missing a little bit, but he actually hurt his team with obstruction penalties and, and a lot of drop balls. So uh, I'd be surprised to see if he got a game Kieran, do you have any any thoughts on the New South Wales backs that we've just touched on?
2: Uh, I guess the first thing that really stands out is their, their speed and uh, the lack of speed in the Queensland uh, backs when you compare the two sides. I think if uh, a few of those Blues players break
0: into the back play and uh, they're supporting each other, it'll be extremely difficult to stop. Well, as you speak about the, the Queensland backs, let's just switch to those really quickly. They've got no Kalen Ponga, obviously, with his injury. I'm going to say Valentine Holmes because he is in the squad, but remember that he's suspended for game one and will not play the very first game. So Val Holmes is in there. AJ Brimson, Edric Lee, and Brenko Lee, Philip Sammy, Dane Gagai, Xavier Coates, or Coates, <laughs> uh, depending on who announces it in this podcast, Hymel Hunt, and Corey Allen. Now, that is a... that. It's chalk and cheese, really, between New South Wales and Queensland. And Kieran, you mentioned the the pace that New South Wales has. They also have specialist players in specialist positions. They've got, you know, Adokar and Tupo or Kotrick on the wings. They've got guys like. Uh, Lomax and Crichton available in the centres. We've got just guys playing all over the shop and, and not a whole lot of origin experience there. Uh, in fact, amongst the people that are available for game one, the only person with origin experience is Dane Gagai, uh, which might have Miles, as a New South Wales fan, licking his lips a little bit.
1: I like the trust Wayne Bennett has placed in AJ Brimson, uh, who is a, a proven game winner or game changer at a club when. Uh, Where a few of those have played in the last 15 years So that said, I I think I am uh, (laughs) I think slightly too much faith has been placed in Corey Allen's Quote-unquote, okay, end of the year Uh, Even with the lack of depth Queensland have at their disposal I think he was still quite lucky to make it I I think, um, Bo, you you talk about how Stephen Crichton Has had an ordinary end of the year Well, that said, I, I thought Allen's was If anything, just as good as Crichton's So if you're criticizing him um, in making it off a few poor games late in the season, well, I, I don't know. I thought Allen was just as as tenuous at fullback.
0: And look, put it this way, if, if Stephen Crichton was a Queenslander, he's probably like the sixth person picked. Um, but he's probably number 27 for New South Wales. Uh, Corey Allen may well be number 27 for Queensland, but honestly, he's probably not. He's probably number 24 or 25, uh, such as the lack of depth that we have. Uh, Kieran, I'll, I'll throw to you with this one. Uh, like, we talk about, yeah, like, Corey Allen's lucky to be there. Probably so is Heimel Hunt, Xavier Coates, Renko Lee to an extent. Um, but, like, who else is there?
2: Well, that's exactly right. And I, I think those players that you've just named will probably miss out, but then that leaves every other player there. I mean, Gagai obviously is a origin star, but Sammy will have to play. Um, I've got no qualms, obviously, about AJ playing. He will be should be great at least, we hope. Um, I think Brenko will play. Uh, he was quite good defensively in the grand final. I was impressed with his defense, mm. so that's sort of a positive, I guess, to look forward to against as I said, a, a rampaging New South Wales backline. Um, but yeah, it is, it is lacking a lot of experience um, and real quality uh, in that backline for us.
0: Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to Val Holmes coming back into the side. That will probably force a little bit of a change. Maybe Edric Lee or Philip Sammy would miss out once Holmes comes back in, I imagine AJ Brimson will get three games at fullback. I, I could just sort of see that being a bit of a, a Wayne Bennett maneuver. Uh, let's go mm-hmm. to the New South Wales halves. There are plenty to choose from to the point that uh, Jack Whiten, who I'm going to name amongst the halves, is almost certainly going to play at left center like he did in last year's series. They've got Jack Whiten, uh, current dalian medalist, and last year's Clive Churchill winner in a losing side. Nathan Cleary... Luke Keary, a former Clive Churchill medal winner, Jerome Luai, and Cody Walker. So they picked four five-eighths and one back. Basically, they're just showing off to us, Kieran.
2: Uh, I won't name it just yet, but my bold prediction is based on the New South Wales halves. But um, yeah, this is just one more reason. And I think every player is a reason for the New South Wales to be purring about their chances. But it, this is just another huge reason. Um Every single player included in the the halves there is uh, in starling form. And, um, yeah, uh, honestly, I think if the Australia side was picked tomorrow, I I would have to at least pick one of these to
0: oust the uh, Australian incumbents. Well, I mean, yeah, like Munster would probably hold his position. So you're basically picking a halfback to go with him. Uh, Miles, as a New South Wales fan, uh, if you get to pick two of these blokes to be six and seven, who are you looking at?
1: Well, look, I I love the selection of Jerome Lewis. I I think his name probably isn't the first to pop into the minds of of New South Welshmen, but his club combination with Nathan Cleary has been impossible to ignore this year, and I'm I'm happy to see that he'll get a run of it in training camp. Um, uh, That said, in terms of what I'm disappointed in, uh, uh, Adam Reynolds misses out again, and uh, it must just be me, but... It, it makes me wonder what he's done to upset the apple cart at the uh, the New South Wales Rugby League. He's consistently one of the best halves in the games, and he's uh, a handful of caps I didn't think produce any poor games, yet his calves partner, Cody Walker, strolled into the squad despite uh, a torrid time in State of Origin last year. So I, I don't know. It might just be me, but I, I really like Reynolds, and I'm disappointed he missed out. But who, who would I be picking from this lot? Um, yeah you kind of alluded to White playing centre. I personally, I'd pick him in the halves. I'd pick him at 5.8. He's a, a proven game winner at um, at, at the highest level with uh, that Clive Churchill Medal at um in 2019. Halfback, uh, look, it's it's probably hard not to say Nathan Cleary, even though he's his record at the at the uh, highest level is probably the antithesis of what you'd be looking for. But um, yeah, I would go for. Whiten and
0: Cleary probably So That's interesting, I would probably pick Cleary and Keary just to make it a commentator's nightmare uh, throughout the evening uh, but yeah I, I would, like seriously they could pick Keary at halfback and say Luai at 5 and as a Queensland fan I'd be concerned uh, because that is, that is a couple of very high quality footballers, let's go to the Queensland halves, there's not much to talk about it's basically Cameron Munster will be the 5'8", Daly Cherry-Evans will be the captain, probably the goal kicker and halfback, and the only Lynch. other halves and the only other halves option they have is is Ben Hunt, um, who was last year's uh, Queensland's Player of the Year. But that doesn't count for much because, remember, they've changed coaches this year. So uh, it really depends on what Wayne Bennett wants to do with Ben Hunt. Wayne Bennett has previously, of course, used Ben Hunt as a halfback for the Broncos, um, famously in the 2015 grand final. So, <laughs> But Ben Hunt doesn't replace DCE or Munster. So is Ben Hunt retaining his spot at Hooker? I'm not so sure. But they really only have three options in the halves, four if you count A.J. Brimson. So it really has to be Monster and DCE. Uh, Kieran, is that the way you see things as well? Uh,
2: yes, definitely. And uh, I went back and checked, and they first partnered each other in 2018 of Game 3. Um, so they've been together for four games now, and uh, I can't see how that would change. I think it makes, the, obviously, the most sense, and uh, it's they've got four games of
0: experience. Um,
2: whilst they haven't won a series together, I think it's for sure the right combination.
0: Yeah, and I mean... Miles, you can't see Ben Hunt sneaking into five-eighths to replace Cameron Munster anytime soon, can you?
1: (laughs) Well, look, I promise this isn't punching down, guys, but uh, as you said, apart from Hunt, Queensland have basically only picked two halves, which at least means that uh, Daly Cherry Evans and and Cameron Munster will go into training camp with all the time in the world to work out who they do and don't like to play with in the back line as opposed to New South Wales, whose uh, embarrassment of riches basically forces them to to put it up for auction almost so um that's it given the the lack of halves i thought ash taylor would be rewarded for his improved year but he he wasn't so maybe that's something left over from the the bennett broncos when he left town there to, to go play for the titans Ooh,
0: spicy! I like it. Me like it. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, you're know, right. Uh, it, like in a in a in a squad that has names like Dunamis, Louis, and, and Corey Allen. With respect to those players, they're they're first graders, but they're not Ooh. like state of origin representatives. I, I think Ash Taylor might consider himself maybe a little bit unlucky. Uh, but as you said, Munster and Cherry Evans are locks. So like, what's what's the uh, what's the incentive? I guess. Let's move forward to the forwards, as it were, for New South Wales. Uh, they got Damien Cook at hooker, and that almost certainly won't change, particularly with his end-of-season form. Cameron McInnes would be the backup hooker. It could also be used as a utility or or, or a back rower. Uh, Isaiah Yu had a fantastic year for the Panthers. Nathan Brown and uh, Regan Campbell-Gillard from the Eels have forced their way in. Dale Nukin has shaken off his injury and after winning a premiership with the Storm, again, uh, forces his way back into the New South Wales side. Angus Crichton from the Roosters had a really tremendous year. Payne Haas was one of the few shining lights for the Broncos. Daniel Saifiti uh, gets his way uh, into the squad at the expense, probably, uh, of his Knights partner, David Klemmer. Cameron Murray, boy Cordner will captain the squad. Tyson Frizzell, Jake Trevojevic, who may have a revised role on the side, as maybe as a front rower, and Junior Paulo. That is a strong forward pack. Um, I made mention of, of David Klemmer missing out, which I thought was very surprising, but... Um, Miles, do you think that was the right call, or uh, do you reckon Clemmer probably deserves to be no. in there?
1: <laughs> it wasn't the right call at all. I think it's uh, certainly a shame to see David Clemmer miss out. He's um, uh, a few years ago, I thought you would. I think you would have called him one of those Made for Origin types. You know, super tough. He's, he's obviously got that shaved head, despite the fact that he's probably not lost any of his hair naturally. Um, and he's, he's just a, he's a a real go-getter. So I'm disappointed to see him left out. Um, and look, no doubt he's been off his best this year, but so is a guy like Jake Travojevic, who's had arguably his worst year in his professional career. And he's also arguably waded through some more deserving players to be selected. So it's uh, he does more with the ball in hand, that's for sure. But it, it is disappointing to see Clemmer missed out when... Um, other players who maybe weren't at their best this year also made it.
0: It'll be interesting to see how that goes actually because they've they've in, in picking a guy like Trevorvich instead of say a guy like Klemmer they're sacrificing size for a bit of mobility around the rock maybe a, a bigger engine um, but Klemer has plenty of engine uh, he also has plenty of aggression which is something that trivoich maybe lacks a little bit. Uh, I think one of Queensland's strengths considering the squad they've picked, is actually their forward pack. So uh, if, Queensland's got, if Queensland's got any chance of winning this series, they're going to take it to New South Wales up the middle. Um, and I wonder if I wonder if they've got the mix right. Kieran, when you look at the New South Wales forward pack, does it strike fear into your heart?
2: Um, it definitely does, because it plays into their uh, attacking back line. Like you said, they have a, a lot of mobile forwards, um, and if they can... Uh, get going forward, offload the ball, pass it around. Um, it could really cause nightmares for our, our backline then when the ball gets spread out to the New South Wales backs. Uh, I was really surprised with the uh, disinclusion, uh, if that's even a word of uh, of clemmer. Um I... I believe. Exclusion, hey, exclusion. yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it though. Let's, let's uh, just
0: make it up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I thought that was a, a big miss. Um, I have a quite a passionate uh, New South Wales fan that I've been friends with since a young age, and uh, he was he was quite shocked um, when he saw that. Uh, he wrote to me straight away and uh, just said he couldn't believe it. Um, and he said that that could be a, a huge turning point in the series potentially, as you said, with Clemmer's aggression um, that he brings. That could that could um, really have added to the forward pack. But I, I do really like Junior Paulo, and I, I hope he starts. Um, as for the other front rower. That's exactly why I would have picked Clemmer. I think he's the perfect fit there. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty star-squatted forward pack. Um, a lot of mobility, a lot of passing, a lot of good angle-sized running. Uh, they're, they're kind of the modern um, kind of forward pack today uh, that you want, except for, yeah, just missing that little bit of punch.
0: Maybe. Could, couldn't agree more, but of course, of course, like, yeah, we, we say all that. We, we pick apart the New South Wales side, then they win 50 nil or something. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Let's go to the <laughs> Queensland forward pack. I've already spoken about Ben Hunt amongst the halves, but it's probably worth mentioning that he could be considered a forward given that he was the starting hooker last year and uh, and was Queensland's player of the year, as I said. Uh, the other hooking options are Jake Friend, who's played for Australia but not for Queensland, and Harry Grant, who was the Rookie of the Year. In the front row are guys like Josh Papali'i, uh, Joy Arrow could be an option there, Christian Welch, uh, Mo Foto Aika, I'm going to have to say, Tino Farsua Maliawi, uh, Lindsay Collins, and Josh Kerr, and Dynamis Louis. So they've got lots of options in the front row. Uh, edge back rowers include Felice Kafusi, Jaden Suar, uh, Kurt Capewell, Cohen Hess, uh, and, of course, Locke could be Patrick Carrigan. Now, again, not a lot of experience there. They've got Josh Papali, who's been in tremendous form, uh, hoping that he can bring that, maybe not the preliminary final form, but uh, the rest of 2020 form into the game. Jai Arrow is a good player. Kafusi just won a premiership. Suar was excellent for the Rabbitohs the last few weeks. Uh, for actually most of the year, to be honest. Christian Welch is a, is a Premiership winner, so is Fasua Maliawi. Um Foto Ayeka was really tremendous for the Titans. There's there's a lot to like, but a, a lot of inexperience. Does that worry you, Kieran?
2: Uh, it does a bit, and I, I, I think back to, to when Jared Wallace was picked, um, and I didn't rate that pick at all. He was obviously in form at the time. Uh, from memory, he was making about 100 metres over that a game, but he really flopped in origin, and I, I just worry that if we... Although I don't think w- uh, Bennett will get it wrong, I, I, w- I do worry if, if Josh Kerr, all respect to him, um, if he does get picked uh, to play game one, or someone like that in the team. Um, Lindsay Collins, whilst he's good, he's a bit inconsistent. I worry that they'll kind of have a uh, not the best game, and you can't really afford to have a player, um, even one player, so out of touch uh, in... Um, any Origin match so I, I'm worried a little bit about that but our forward pack at least size wise and through yardage gain um, gained I do believe can match the New South Wales pack um, with Papali our leader
0: and Miles uh, we, we spoke about how this Queensland forward pack while maybe inexperienced are in pretty decent form a fair bunch of them and from teams that went pretty deep into the finals a lot of them uh, does that give you some cause
1: for concern yeah there's there's plenty of fear about this Queensland forward pack I'm not at all buying into any supposed weaknesses in, in this part of the field for the Maroons but there are a few odd ones in there for me I think that at least in my time watching the game I don't think there's ever been a, a worse player pick for State of Origin than Josh Kerr I had to actually look him up to see who he was so <laughs> I, I, he's. Oh. He's um yeah, uh, he's, <laughs> I'm I'm a, I'm a lost for words here, guys. He's just no good. So uh, then, personally, I, I know that uh, Kieran kind of said that uh, Jared Wallace was poor in State of Origin. I'd certainly fear him a bit more than guys like Kerr and and probably even Patrick Carrigan to be honest. And uh, and and no Josh McGuire. That's man. That's crazy. That's um again maybe something left over from the the Bennett Broncos. Oh.
0: I love your spicy little takes, your little, your little jabs <laughs> in the middle there. Uh, but I, that was that one was the most baffling one to me. Uh, Josh Maguire, I think, rounds this team out really nicely, and it, oh, it gives, been. and it gives it gives them the. I mean, obviously, experience. He, he, he's in really good form for the Cowboys. Um, it gives them the ability. Like, let's let's put it this way: the way I see it, the starting lock for Queensland is probably Patrick Carrigan because I think Jai Arrow will be a front rower. So you like all of a sudden you've got this rookie that's your starting lock which is a, such a pivotal position that New South Wales are going to have either Jake Trevojevic or Cameron Murray playing and we've got Patrick Carrigan. Best case scenario we've got Jai Arrow but then we're lacking a front rower. So uh, Josh McGuire just makes that team just sing a lot, lot more. Um, I'm really shocked by that but I'm going to have to put a little bit of faith in Wayne Bennett, much like you put some faith in in Brad Fittler earlier in the podcast episode. Let's talk a little bit about our bold selections for the upcoming match. Miles, what do you think is going to be a little bit left of center from either Brad Fittler or Wayne Bennett?
1: Well... Looking down at this now, what I've written, I, I actually quickly realised that you guys said he was probably every chance to play game one, so it's probably not that bold a prediction anymore. But to me, Philip Sammy, he's he's an absolute athletic beast, even though he's a, a bit of a bigger guy on the wing. Uh, I, I really I think he's an underrated athlete. And uh, There was actually a story on NRL.com about him today and about how he, he once outran a kangaroo, and that's crazy. I mean... Maybe it was a a bit of a fatter kangaroo, who knows? But that's that's crazy because I, I, when I think about him, I don't actually think speed. I just think pure power and and raw aggression. So to think he's that quick as well—that scares me a little bit. And I I think he'll impress in training camp, and I I think he'll be a surprise selection on the wing. But as you guys alluded to, maybe it's not that much of a surprise.
0: It probably would have been a surprise if guys like uh, like. Corey Oates and Kyle Felt were in the squad, or Valentine Holmes was available for selection, but I think the way it is, he may not be. Uh, By the way, I believe the kangaroo that he outran was former kangaroo Arthur Beaton, Um, and (laughs) uh, (laughs) uh, just you know I could outrun Arthur Beetson Um, no but like actually looking at that looking at that Queensland backline and, and Kieran spoke about it, how much pace New South Wales seems to have on the exception of Clint Gutherson of course but, uh, just a little snipe there um, But in terms of out-and-out out pace Philip Sammy may well be the quickest that Queensland have I think it comes down to him or maybe Coates Maybe Brimson I think it's Sammy uh, So, yeah, no, good call I think, I think Philip Sammy could absolutely be part of that team and, and look, he's had a pretty good year for the Titans Kieran, what is your bold selection for this upcoming Game 1 of State of Origin?
2: Um, Well, just to touch on that, I didn't have this in my bold selections, but I've got Sammy playing all three games Um, I think he's great. He he exemplifies the never-say-die attitude of Queensland. He's um, if you look through his highlight reel He's got a few uh, rundown of players where he's managed to stop Mm -hmm. them just short of the try line Yeah, and um, yeah, I think he'll be excellent for us. Uh, My bold selection is actually uh, Jack Whiten to play in the sixth role. I think with Cleary named at seven, he kind of probably needs a, another attack or sorry, kicking player next to him. Um, and I think he'll oust Keary, um, uh, for that position.
0: Right. Okay. All right. Well, I can, I can, I can get around that. I can get around that. Uh, and as, as a Queensland fan, that's terrifying to think that New South Wales could potentially be leaving Luke Keary, Jerome Lewi and Cody Walker outside their 17 while we're slumming it. But, well, actually, our, our halves are pretty good too, but but uh, yeah, that's, that's bloody terrifying. I've got a few selections that I want to throw out there, so I'm just going to throw it all together as a package deal. I want to see all of these things happen. Um, not necessarily because I want them to happen, but because I think they will happen. I think Clint Gutherson will be the right centre for New South Wales. I don't think it'll be Zach Lomax. I think they'll give it to Gutherson. Bit of experience, bit of ticker. Uh, I think he'll get the job. For Queensland... I think Edric Lee and Brenko Lee will both play, um, which might be a little bit of a surprise to some people, but I think they will both get it. I think Harry Grant will be the hooker. I don't think it'll be Hunt. I think Hunt will be on the bench. And I don't think it'll be Jake Friend. I think it'll be Harry Grant. I think that'll be a classic uh, Wayne Bennettism, like 2001 John Doyle. Uh, So we'll see how that goes. I think Patrick Harrigan will be the starting lock. And I think... Uh, off the bench, you're going to have Mo Foto Aika and Tino Fa'asui Maliawi making their origin debuts. So that's that's a fair bit for you to write down for next episode, Kieran. Uh, but I think all of those things will happen. I actually had a few more in there too. Uh, so off the record, I also think the starting front rowers for New have the will be Junior Paulo and Jake Trevojevic. That's a little bit of a sneaky one there. Um because I just can't see how they fit all these players into their side bless them with all their talent Uh, thank you so much guys Uh, so obviously Miles we're going to have to go ahead and say uh, go the Maroons yeah go the Maroons
1: go the damn Blues
0: (laughs) no no, clearly I said go the (laughs) Maroons Above the Horizontal is brought to you by The Pioneer Australia. Your regular panelists are Miles Stedman and Kieran Gibson. Our theme song is Tough Nut by Ryan Cross. I'm Bo Nicholson.